delicious. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. And we're going to Wembley. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go, boys and girls. Uh, I think no, nobody cared about this competition. Nobody cared about it. Now. Uh, Where were you at on your way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. We are on our way to Wembley in just over, just over four, just under four weeks' time. We'll be going down to London on Sunday afternoon after storming past Hartlepool. <laughs> we didn't storm past him. Um, we'll cover that game. We will cover, we'll look ahead as well. Back to, back to the grind on Saturday with uh, with Wickham. And that will be a grind. We will cover all that. We have myself, we have Mick. Hello, Mick. Hello. And we have Danny still feeling it from, uh, from last night. Yep, uh, I don't know what's more so, my shoulder or my head. I'm feeling your shoulder. Ce- celebrating, my shoulder's gone. Ah. <laughs> You're taking sympathy with Jamie Lindsay and just at your shoulder. Yeah, I'm not going as far as to have an injection though. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was not plain sailing, um, but we got there in the end, and that's literally all that matters. It sort of summed up our campaign in the Papa John's Trophy this season, our knockout phase of any anyway. It's been tough, but we got got there in the end. Um, where to start? Honestly, where to start with it? Um, start with the lineup, Mick. There was several changes. Obviously, Victor came in because this is Victor's competition. Woody came in. Reg came in. Angus started. Two two started on the right. Bowler started on the left. Midfield three of Jimmy Lindsay, Dan Barlasa, and Dauphin, with Barn Ben Wiles su- supporting Michael Smith. <laughs> Um, the striker situation, the striker problems didn't turn out to be that much of a problem, did they? Really? No, not really. Oh, need to. Oh, needs another striker if you've got Michael Smith. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, um, play one up front, um, and uh, and still still get through a game. Um, overall, not a great performance for it. Let's be fair. Uh, start brightly, first five ten minutes, five six minutes probably. Uh, let them into the game, and and we struggled for the for the first half. Really, uh, I thought um, they did what a lot of teams have done to us this sort of second half of the season. They just kind of crowded us out, didn't they? Mm. They didn't allow us to settle. They didn't allow us to play the ball, um, and and we struggled with that all season. So um, it was a dour first half in terms of performance. Um, so and, and it's a worry that we've lost Jamie Lindsay as well. He was clearly off it. Right mm. from the start, weren't he? He just wasn't yeah. really involved. Um, so that injury has obviously been plaguing him, despite having an injection. Um, it was a bit of a shock, I think, Matt, when uh, we did the watch along and it couldn't work out initially why he'd been taken off. Mm. Um, it wasn't apparent immediately that he was injured, was it? But no. yeah, not a great performance first half, but who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned, let's let's praise Michael. We'll talk about the goals separately in a minute, but he now takes him to 60 goals for the club, as pointed out. I've been talking about it for a while. He's been creeping up to this target, and he's now got the record. He is now the Rotherham United's top goal scorer of the 21st century. 
Um, by my reckoning, it puts him 12th on the all-time record of top goal scorers for the club, which again wow. is not bad, not bad at all. Um, brilliant. Um, let's go back to the first half. As as Mick said, Danny, it was a poor first half. The first 10 minutes, I thought we were good. Bowler could have scored. I think we had another chance, which we cleared quite well. But it was very short-lived. It was literally 10 minutes, and then it just all went to pot, really, in that first half. I mean, we were playing well whilst Jamie Lindsay was on the pitch, to be fair. Mm. Um, and when he went off, it sort of just rocked the boat, I think. And like we said, we, we uh, let them into the game. Um, I don't think Richard Wood gets on with Bobby Madley, or at least they don't now. Um, and yeah, it was just one of them challenges. I mean, just to, to give the lad credit, I think it was um, Gray who scored their first goal. It is a very well taken finish for them, isn't it? Is it it's so far just off the post and it's unsavable for Victor to be fair, Definitely. unless he wants to break his neck on the post. No, yeah, Victor. we just we, yeah, we, 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 Victor he would do, but anyway, yeah, um, but yeah, we just sort of let them into the game. And I think after Lindsay went off and after they scored, certainly we just wanted to get to half time, yeah. get to half time, sort of sends out, regroup, and that's what we did more or less straight away. In the second half, but yeah, like we say, that first half were very, very hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, two key incidents. Well, there's three key incidents. Well, there's probably four key incidents. A goal, great save, Victor, and the two potential red cards. Neither that were given. I start with the red cards, Mick. The first one was Richard Wood, and for me, it's one of those that looks really bad. But I don't think Wood has done much wrong. He's just put. He, he hasn't moved to the man. He's just put his arm up. I might be mm. overly defending Woody a bit here, but. I think the way the kid's head flung back mm. made it look worse than it actually was. Yeah, I, I, I would argue it's not a red card. It's a yellow. I think Madley got it right. Um, however, if that goes to VAR, that's a red. No question about it because you see it on video and it looks it looks nasty. Um, I mean, you could still probably argue that it could have been a red card. It was a bit daft, to be honest, because... Woody is looking at the guy. He is looking at the, the player. So he, he is aware of where his arm is gonna gonna contact him. So I could I could see the argument for people wanting a, a red card for the Hartlepool squad wanting a red card. I could see that argument, definitely. Uh, I'd have been disappointed if he had got one, obviously. Um, because I think I think yellow was probably the right decision. But tough call. I think it's one of them, that one right. It's one of them where it needs an orange. In it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it, it's yeah. like it's just above a yellow, but you know, the justification for it not being a red at the same time because the way I saw it was that he's blocked the player off, mm -hmm. but because the player's block, been blocked off whilst travel, whilst building up his pace to try and win the ball, that's why it's such a, a big contact. And there was a debate in the stand like it, it should have been a red card, nice no, yellow card. And I think because it was in the first half, that's why it was probably a yellow. Same with the Reg incident. If it were in the second half, it were it'd be a red card. Because mm. again, Reg's one was was more of an orange one. No, it? Um, nah, for me, Reg's one was was a, a yellow. Definitely nothing more. In fact, to be honest with you, I would argue it probably wasn't even a foul. Do you um, think? Do you think Woody could have got there if um, oh, if they let Bogger run past him? Definitely. Just about, yeah. Bear in mind, we should won. If if it was the other way around and would have done the tackle and Reg were there, then Reg would have comfortably got there. But what I would say is mm. that, that Reg has made little, if any, contact at all with Bogle. Yeah, I, he's, not <clears> grabbed <throat> him. 
He's not he's not pulled him back. He's not done anything. Bogle's just seen his opportunity to go down. Um, so for me, definitely not a red without any question. It's not a red. Uh, and I would argue it's not even a foul, but I can see why I'm badly had to give that. Um, because it's better, we took his time with decision. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he decided it was a foul. Disagree or just whatever. That's fine. That he thinks it's a foul, but he took his time. Clearly spoke to Lino about the decision, and I suppose we need to give credit for that. A lot of referees mm-hmm. would have right. So off you go. Instant yeah, yeah. decision. Although we didn't like him against Wickham this season, he made the way he made the decision. Whether you agree with the end decision or not, the way he went about the decision was the right way. Yeah, um, yeah. Hundred percent. I I, th- I think it's the right decision. I, whether it's foul or not is another question, I suppose. Um, uh, let's be fair to, to Bobby Madley. He can't see whether or not it's a foul, you know, because he's got a click. Both players have got the backs to him. You know yeah. what I mean? So he can't see the fact that there isn't any contact. It would appear from the back that there probably is. And you know, on first viewing on on TV, it looks like there is, but when you actually see it, there isn't. Uh, so, so I, I, he's done made two right decisions, really. I think uh, the two key ones there, definitely. Yeah, well, another key one. We'll come on to this. Mm. Philip Halls is with us from New Zealand. Uh, thank you for joining us, Scott Grundy, who's off to Wembley. Uh, Cal Briggs, we're going to Wembley. Uh, Steve Cooper's with us. Uh, Powerman UK is back with us as well. Brooke, Brooke Simcox is also with us. We've got loads of comments. We'll go through as many as we can throughout the night. Uh, the next big incident was the, I've got these in wrong order probably, but the first goal, Danny, uh, initially, and I assume you were the same because you were the behind goal, 100% convinced it were offside. It looked a mile off, it looked comfortably offside, and then you go, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just going back to our friend in New Zealand who actually got COVID and in bed, I hope everything, uh, Philip Halls, I hope everything is all right with you, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. I understand COVID's a bit harsh in New Zealand at the minute in terms of restrictions, but I hope you're all right. Um, but yeah, with the with the first goal, it's one of them where you see the, their three players offside and your brain immediately thinks it's one of them three. It has to be given offside. It, it has yeah. to be. But then it, I've, I've watched it back on the replays and it's like he's kept on side, the wee beggar. He's just kept he's just kept himself on side. But if you look at Hartley, um, yeah, Hartley Pool's second attempt at goal, which Victor saved incredibly. It's the exact same routine, but on the other side of the pitch, there's those few players stood in offside position, so rather than think they're holding the high line, but then there's the one player who keeps on side that goes zip and gets there uh, and gets the chance at goal. So uh, it's clever tactics from Hartley Pools, give him credit with that one. Um, it angered a lot of people in the stand, to be honest, that he wasn't given offside, but I think now everyone's watched it back and go, like I say, oh yeah, he's, he's onside, damn. <laughs> it's interesting. Go on, Matt. I, think, Sorry. I think it's a great call from Lino. Mick's going to say he's offside for one reason, but I, th- I think I think it's the right decision. And again, we've got to get credit. I think that's a brilliant call from Lino to spot that he was onside when there were so many people offside. Uh, it's interesting because I had a chat today with somebody with two lads at work, a Chesterfield fan and a Leeds fan. Uh, both of them will watch the game last night and both of them were absolutely convinced that was offside. Not because of the player who, took, who, who scored the goal, but because the three players were active and interfering with play. Um, and, and there is a strong, strong argument that that's the case. You know, those three players have moved into an offside position. They've, that, that has therefore prevented the defenders going for the ball because they know that they're in an offside position. Um, Smith has not gone with his man. He's lost his man and his man scored. 
Uh, he's not gone with his man because there's three players in an offside position when the ball comes in. So, I mean, you could argue that, that I, and I don't blame the line, or the line has got it bang on right, absolutely bang on right. Uh, it's, the, it's the interpretation of the rules that these people are having to to put into into practice that's the issue. You know what I mean? Uh, is he active, isn't he active? You cannot make that decision in that, in that split second as a linesman, as a referee, as an official. You can't make that decision. Mm. You, you just don't know. So why give them the option to do that? Why why is that even part of the rules? This is why people get so frustrated with, with officials interpreting the rules because they are open to interpretation and they shouldn't be. If you're offside, you're offside. Didn't we have something similar in the Carabao Cup final where I think one of Liverpool's players was yes, in an offside position and they said, yeah, it was, inter it was interfering with play and they didn't give the goal. Yeah. Um, again, it's all down to interpretation, isn't it? And that's that's exactly my point, Danny. It shouldn't be. Mm. But the but the the the, the people who, who make the decisions as to how the rules are going to be applied, they try to make they, they seem to want to make it woolly. And that's why referees and linesmen get so much abuse. Mm. You know, they're putting themselves into a position. Well, it's part of it. It is part of it. And another part of it is incompetence. Another part of it is, is stupid football fans as well. You know, so there's, there's a, there is a whole package. But when it comes to decisions like this, the, 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 the linesmen and referees have been put in impossible positions by the people who make the rules or make the interpretation of the rules. Three players are offside. They're in offside positions. They're offside. They're offside. End of. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. So, but you straight away by saying that they're in an offside position, you, you're muddy in the waters, aren't you? You make it more difficult to interpret. Well, exactly. Being an offside and position, I'm being offside. Anyway, anyway. You're right. I, I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. Um, Steve Gundy agrees with you. Three, three players offside and how they're not interfering. It sounds him. Uh, Jerry and Lee, I thought the players were interfering to us. They were deliberately offside, which also detracts the goalkeeper, she says. Yeah, yeah, I see what I see what everybody's saying, but I think they've found a loophole in the in the in the law, and I think hats off to Hartlepool for figuring it out. I, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see us use that tactic going forward. It's a different type of free kick, and we're always looking for different type of free kicks, aren't we? To be fair, yeah, knowing how it would be getting offside though, wouldn't it? Oh, obviously, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've not found a loophole, Matt. The loophole has well, been deliberate, deliberately put there for people to exploit, hasn't it? But nobody, else, I, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that tactic. No. Purposely running offside to distract yeah, yeah. everyone. I've never seen that before. That's I clever. Really clever. It's clever. But if you if you're doing that purposely running offside to distract the opponent, then you're interfering with play. You're active, therefore offside. But you're not going for the ball. Oh, you're not. You're not uh, anyway, anyway, this this is a this could go on. We can literally <laughs> talk about this all night. <laughs> but you shouldn't have to, should you? And that's my point. No, no that's true. If you're offside, you're offside. You Make it easy. We all understand it then and we don't argue about it, do we? Move on. <laughs> We're going to Wembley, Mick. Move on. <laughs> devil's advocate. I'm not quite enjoying myself at all. Um, the second, the fourth big incident of the half, or fifth, I can't even remember anymore, was the Victor save from Molyneux. And Danny, what an unbelievable save that was. That fingertip save and he's just got enough on it. That brilliant save. He's seen what's happened for the first goal and it's effectively a carbon copy, but he's gone across him instead of um, to his near post. And Victor's got just enough on it and it's just gone round the post. 
The one thing that puzzled me was why Omar Vogel was giving the lad who's had a go at goal a bit of stick. It's like, mate, he's nearly scored for your team just because he didn't pass it to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, former Donny Flair, what do you expect? Um, but yeah, Vic- Victor set up. I think Victor got a bit of criticism because you know he, he had conceded two goals. Um, but for that save in the first half, that's kept us in the game at 1-0. 100%. And, prob- and probably... Um, change the team talk half time to be more of an encouragement rather than a uh, <laughs> throwing shoes at people, talk, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, as you mentioned, as I mentioned, we were forced into a substitution partway through the game. Um, first, probably through the first half, sorry, when Jamie Lindsay had to come off with, with an injury. He came off at, just get me notes. So he came off in 34 minutes, Mikel Miller came on uh, for him. Which turned out, Mick, to be the substitution of the night. I know Jim Lindsay didn't want to come off. But moving on to the second half now, which was a much, much improved performance. And everything good, I know it didn't set up with the goal, but everything good came through Mikel Miller. I thought it was absolutely superb. I, I said it on, on the watch along last night, like I said it previously on this podcast. He is up there with Chio um, and possibly, arguably, a better player than Chio um, because he's got everything in his locker. With the exception of that um, lightning pace that Gio's got, that's not to say he's, he's in any way a slouch. You know what I mean? It's not as though he's slow. Um, he's a hell of a player. He's an absolute hell of a player. The, the issue is again, as we discussed last night, was the the, the, the injury situation with him. You know, mm. and whether he's um, going to be able to stay fit. But yeah, I mean, he was massively important last night. As were as was some of the other substitutes as well and some of the other players who came into the game after that. Uh, but yeah, that that substitution was a catalyst for uh, the change in, uh, change up in form, I guess, is the right, is that the right word? Performance. Performance. Level. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it were, 100%. Uh, and it forced a, ch- a slight change in position because Ben Wilds originally started as a second striker, t- number 10. And then obviously Mikel Miller came in and essentially played at that, that position. Um, although he weren't, he didn't really stick to that position, did he, did he Danny? He, he was regularly on the left-hand side, looking like he's playing as a winger in his what we we consider to be his normal position. And I said he didn't assist any goals. He won the free kick for the first one, so that's almost an assist. Yeah, and I mean the run that he's done to win that free kick as well it is astonishing. <laughs> he's beaten two players and has to get fouled to be stopped. And I, I watched the watch along back and I had the exact same opinion as you two. I thought it were a penalty to start with. <laughs> but, then I, but then I actually had to watch the footage back and go, he's about three inch outside the box. <laughs> um, but yeah, if that's Mikel Miller on 70-80% match day fitness, just coming back from an injury, mm. good Lord, imagine when he gets to 100%. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll put my marker down for this now and I'll probably get a lot of stick for it come end of the season. But Mikel Miller could save our title winning season. If he can play off Smith like that until the other strikers are back fully fit, that mm. could be the little stopgap that we need until maybe KO comes back because he's meant to be fit for the Wickham game, I think, but I don't think he'll be risked as a starter. Yeah. So if we start with Miller just off Smith again, could be a very good stopgap. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he is. We'll talk, we'll talk about Wickham game in a minute, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Um he could be key. Keeping fit could be absolutely key. As long as long we keep him Smith fit, Geo fit, he's in that bracket of God keep him fit the rest of the season. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it again in a minute with the second goal, but 
Um, we've got Liam McGarry mentions Barlasser was outstanding last night. The passing was was on point and a great cross for Smudger's header. Now I seem to recall you, Mick, on the watch along <laughs> saying that it was too close. You don't want to freak yeah. out here. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's what I know. I, I don't even know why I'm on a football podcast. To be honest, I know nothing. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought it were. It just, it just did seem that way, didn't it? But you did, yeah. Nah, you don't bank on. I wasn't banking on Dan Barlaster and Michael Smith, where Jordi Duo. But uh, I should have been really. Should have known. <laughs> to be fair. Smith, they didn't have to ver try very hard to get to the ball. The defending on that one was very, very relaxed, wasn't it? Hey, mate, listen, the way Smithy went for that ball, it didn't matter how, how hard the defender tried to get it. It would end up in back in net with ball. That's that. You know, um, that were a, it was a fantastic header from Smith. He, 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 were, he was winning that ball come what may. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then came the... The sucker punch because after we got that goal for a couple of minutes, we were looking good. Um, and then literally five minutes later, Luke Molyneux. Oh, I suppose we should stop here and have a, have a minute, Danny, because I thought Luke Molyneux was brilliant for them all night. I thought he caused us problems all night. And uh, credit to Hartlepool overall, they caused us lots of problems. Atmosphere were very, very good. Uh, but I thought Luke Molyneux was the pick of their players. I thought he were really good and deserved a goal. Yeah, he, he were a danger all night, to be fair, other than taking his penalty. Um, but yeah, we were danger all night. But I think if that chance is created in probably a higher division, the defender would turn it over at VAR. But yeah. I think I think it's more down to Wicky's got his, his clearance, like, like the angle of his clearance foot wrong. And that's why it's ended up in the back of the net. Um, but not to take it away from Luke Molyneux, he was astounding for them. He was a real danger all. He was one of their most dangerous players. To mm. the to the point where people got irritated whenever we were on the ball, because <laughs> you know, yeah, the draws a foul, he creates a chance, he plays the ball through. Um, yeah, it, it were it were a danger, and you know, fair play to him for actually getting a goal during the game. However, I would personally give it as an own goal, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're cruel. <laughs> I think it's going. I think it's going. I think it's going wide from his initial shot, to be honest, and I think Icky no. turns it home. <laughs> I, I said that I said that last night. I said I, I wonder if that were going wide. No way were that going wide, mate. That was that was nestling right in the centre of the goal. It weren't even it weren't even going in corner. Um but anyway, whatever. On that whatever. goal, uh we saw I've seen Angus get a little bit of stick. Uh Liam McGarry's point this is a kind of bit of stick. Thought McDonald should have closed him down quicker, but very composed finish. I've seen much harsh criticism that Angus. Um, yeah, you, on on if you look at isolation, Danny, you could say yeah, maybe Angus should have been should have been closer to him, but he had to be part of the back three. He couldn't have he couldn't have been out wide, so sort of on your shoulder because then there's a big gap in the middle of the pitch. For me, that's Bowler. Bowler's completely found himself mm. out of position and stitched McDonald up. I, I don't know what else McDonald could have done really. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think the criticism of McDonald comes from when people have watched probably the replay back. Yes, there is the argument he can close him down quicker. And maybe if we'd have had Angus for the whole season, he would have done. Um, but again, it's only Angus's second start of the season. I think yeah. third or fourth appearance overall. Mm. So it, it's one of them where you can just give him just that little bit of, all right, you've not been in the squad with everybody else, you know, and this, that and other. But yeah, it, it's um, for me, it's six or one and a half dozen at other. Yeah, bowlers could be... in. in um, 
making that position his own a bit better, but also Angus closed him down a bit better. But I think to lay a lot of stick on Angus for for the goal is not looking at it as a as a team game as more of an individual game. Yeah, I agree. I thought about back three, Mick. I thought it was probably our best performer. I know Icky was fairly solid when he came on, but Woody had his moments, Red had his moments. Other than that goal, I thought Angus was very very good and, and scored his penalty. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a really good game. Solid, solid as a rock. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Teleji Brawl, as you know, and I'll, I'll praise him to the to the hill. But for me, that that would answer him. He was just out of position, and not only was he out of position with the but where the ball was being played on the opposite side of the pitch, he had bags and bags of time to get back and get get himself back into line, uh, into shape, and he didn't do it. So, you know, you live and learn, don't you? And 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 the lad is the lad is young and he's learning his trade. Um, so I'm not going to you're not going to get on his back about it, but um, I, I personally I don't put too much um, blame on, on Angus. In fact, I don't put any of any of it on him. I think he did what he could. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a really good game. Mm. Um, moving on to the fourth goal of the game, Cal Briggs asks whoever said Chio can't cross the ball was proven wrong last night. <laughs> yeah, Chio just has to start crossing with his left foot. That's all. That's all he needs to do. Um, it was brilliant, Danny. Again, it's basically started from Miller. Miller's got the ball from halfway line, push forward. I, I said this on, I think, the Mick last night. I can't imagine many things more frightening as defenders than seeing Mikel Miller passing it to Chio, who's going to try and cross it to Michael <laughs> Smith. I mean, that's just a nightmare scenario for a defender. Well, it's, it's like Paul Davis says, it should be illegal to bring Chio and Miller on, on the pitch, both in the second half. Um, but yeah, again with Chio, are we sure he's right footed? <laughs> like, the, the has he scored is... with his right foot yet? No, <laughs> well, I think he has, we might have done for Ireland, uh, but for yeah. us, is it two worldies with his left foot? <laughs> Sorry, and, right. and and I think he's probably got a few crosses with his, with his right foot as well. Like, but that cross he's dug out to <clears> land it bang on Smith's head in the box, and it were doing it throughout the throughout the evening as well. That strike with his left foot to just drop it like a pin in the box and then Smith heads it home. It's an amazing cross. Absolutely amazing cross. But then credit to Smith again. He has the knowledge to run onto it and know where it's dropping. Um, and to equalise for a second time. And all in the space of 20 minutes, I might add. That were a mad 20 minutes. Like we, we draw level, they score, then we draw level again. Madness! I couldn't catch my breath. No wonder I'm battered today. I didn't have a chance to breathe in that second half. <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I will. I said we mentioned at start, mate. Smith has got his 60th goal now. Now passes Adam Lafondra. Um, he was. Is I, 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 I was going to say he's back, but he's not, is he? He's just scored some goals on top of his normal performances. Uh, uh, and he was brilliant. He won everything last night, Michael Smith. He won everything in the end, uh, flick in flick-ons, and it would just it just caused them a nightmare. I thought it was brilliant again. Uh, he's never been away, has it? Let's be fair. You know, he's he's. Uh, he may have been off the goal scoring sheet a few times, but uh, in reality, his, his contribution to to the team's not 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 diminished in any way. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he, he were having those two goals last night, weren't he? He was having them. Especially the second one. He were getting yeah, that one, weren't he? Uh, nobody was stopping him. Um, and that's what we want. That's what we want to see from him. We know, we know that that's where he does. But again, some of his some of his touches were just sublime. Mm. He, he's he's turning into a hell of a player. He's turned into a hell of a player. 
Um, so yeah, I can't I can't praise him enough. Can't praise him enough, and he deserves that title of top goal scorer of this century for us, doesn't he? You know, he's worked so hard for it. Um, I appreciate that wasn't what he was aiming at, but you know what I mean. Um, he, he has worked so hard to achieve what he's achieved so far, uh, and it's just great, great to see. Great to yeah. see. All I'll say to him, if he's listening, which is probably not, imagine how many good more goals you can get if you stay for like another four years. Just imagine <laughs> what you guys just imagine. I, I can say his, uh, his mother-in-law listens to the podcast, so if you're listening, hello, it was nice to speak to you before the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brilliant. You say, yeah, you spoke to her, didn't you, Danny? Yeah, um, it was quite weird. I was just, just joining the queue to go get myself an hot dog. And uh, she says, oh, you're, you're the guy from the podcast. I'm, um, I'm Smith's mother-in-law. We've come up from Sunderland. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> Random encounter of the evening. Um but I think I think with Smith's mother-in-law, best thing is that she were in a way end with all fans. <laughs> That's brilliant, Matt. That. that is brilliant. <laughs> you are hello. If you're watching, hello, nice to you. Thank you for yeah. joining. Thank you. Um Mother's yeah. Day special on the cards with uh, with Alison Barlasser. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, I don't know whether you're gonna go on to this, Matt, but can we just have a little shout out for that uh, effort to Dan Barlasser's? In the second half, oh, oh, oh. yeah. I mean, that was just uh, that was just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And it should have been a corner, to be fair, because I think it just it just touched the defender on the way through and then hit the crossbar. But the technique, if that had gone in, geez, that would have been. <laughs> I mean, that would have been goal at tournament, goal at season. It was just a, a fantastic strike. I mean, even Dan um, thought it were in as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was an absolutely awesome, awesome effort. It was. Uh, before we get into the penalties, uh, a couple more performances to mention. Um, let's bring in Donna's comments. Uh, Nevea was was on Good Morning Britain with his side two two shirt this morning. <laughs> I thought he played really well. And as Donna mentioned, he played well and made Nevea's night giving her a shirt. It's definitely the ethos Paul Warren likes interacting with fans. We also really like him. We said on the last couple of podcasts, Danny, he is gradually getting better and better. And again, he's done it again. He's just getting better and better. And that was his best performance for us comfortably. Yeah, he's, um, he's one of them players where um, I guess he just needs a run in the side. He needs mm. just to build it up, build it up. And in all honesty, I can see him coming back for another loan spell next season. Yeah, you know, he's well. built into the club ethos and what we're all about and he's made mates here in league one and then it's like right let's do it as let's do it again in in the championships and we will agree to be fair i can see grig coming back if he's uh well enough after his rehabilitation because they just get what the club's about and they like it here that's the main thing they like it here and my mum was telling me when i got back home that <clears throat> the commentators weren't really giving all them enough credit that they deserved really? but the guys it, but the guys in the studio we're heaping praise on the ethos Paul Warren's built. And if you were yeah. saying about Smith, oh, he's, he's doing really well, he can get a big move. But I can't remember who said it, but one of them said, I think he's going to stay. You can tell he really likes it at that football club and he wants to do well for him. And there's someone like Smith who has built his whole family unit here. And I know, that, I know a lot of his family is still based in the northeast, but his direct family are more or less all based around Rotherham. And it's the, it's, the, it's the season of his career. And would you want to risk it somewhere else whilst whilst having the, the season of your career here now? 
Does he want to do and try and do it again in the championship? Probably yes. He was very good for his last season. And now that he's had the season of his career, he's like, right, I can kick on and try again now. Yeah. And in all honesty, I, I can see Smith staying. If we go up this season through probably through automatics because it's less stressful, I can see him signing a new contract and staying. Might only be a two-year contract potentially, um, but I can see him staying. Maybe not for his whole career now. But again, again, why not? Yeah, why not? As, as a striker, it's much more difficult. The, the, the physicality he puts in, I think it will be very difficult to play to the age that Woody's going to play to. Because I think Woody mm. doesn't need to be as physical, as much less energy. Whereas Michael Smith's game's all about running. It's all about getting at players. It's all about the physicality. So I don't think he's good. I might be wrong. I, I, to be honest, I hope I'm wrong. Might, but I don't think we'll see him play until 37, 38. You might see him play until 34, 35. And what is he, 31 now? He could, uh, he could just take over from... Uh, he could just drop back and take over from Woody when Woody retires. <laughs> That's true. Took words straight out of my mouth there, Mick. I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd love to see some this, he did that when Woody got sent off, didn't he? he played centre yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Future yeah. position there, Smudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd love, we'd love, he's already going to go down. He's already in the conversation, the best striker ever. If he stays for two or three more seasons and keeps us in the championship, he will cement his place in there. He just will. Um, he's certainly the best modern striker. The best one, sorry. Modern striker. Yeah. Because the striking positions changed so much from like the days of Gladstone, Guest, and mm. and all of them. So I'd say he's the best modern striker. Yeah, yeah, he's best all round striker. Yeah, uh, Alf is the best goal scorer we'll, we'll probably ever have. But Smith's got a bit more to his game, or a lot more to his game than Alfie ever had. But I imagine them together. I put it on Twitter earlier. Imagine Smith and Alfie together. It'd just be disgusting, wouldn't it? Uh, hey, listen, Alf is, Alf is a friend that podcast has been on it. Uh, if he's listening, Alf, it, there's, there's a place for you to finish your career, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bit colder over here than uh, than Australia, but nevertheless, you know. You never know. We might we might speak to Alfie again at some point. We just never know. Nice. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, Jerry Ann Simpson mentions about back to 2 2. He just needs to get a better tracking back, and then it will be the full package. Yeah. I think that's it. Him and Bowler are very similar. Ironically, both come from Arsenal. Mm. Um, but yeah, I agree with both of those. Um, then we go to penalties again. Fourth time this season, three times in the Papa John's. Um, the, the moral of the story is if we're going to go to penalty shootout, make sure Victor's in there. <laughs> 100% record in his career so far, obviously, his professional career with the penalty shootout. Um, yeah, to make it was. As stress-free as a penalty shootout could be, sort of. We were always we we're always ahead of the game, really. We were never having to come back our own. No, we don't come well, reasonably comfortable, didn't we, to be fair? Um, we didn't realistically look in much danger. I know Ben Wilds' penalty got saved, but that was a good save from keeper. You know, it was mm. it was in the corner. Uh he just managed to get to it, uh, get a strong hand on it. Um so there's no criticism from me or Ben Wilds. I know some people on social media, but um, yeah, I've seen a couple of daft comments, especially a couple of fishing comments, I imagine. Um, but but yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I don't think we were really in any danger. Were we? The penalties were uh, were excellent from everybody. <laughs> there so, should be a fourth one at season. The experts, yeah, 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 precisely. <laughs> um, a, a little shout out for the the, the Hartlepool lad whose penalty we, we, we missed. 
still travelling. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, to be fair, it looked initially from from the the the, the angle on the on TV that it went absolutely miles away. I think I think you said to me on the on the watch along mat to look out the window see if it landed in our garden. Um, but when you actually saw it from behind the goal, it was quite close. It, were, it yeah. was quite mm-hmm. close, uh, almost skimming the post, I think. But um, yeah, I feel a bit for him. But a young lad, and it's a a learning curve for him, isn't it? So, but um, mm. yeah, Victor's done really well, hasn't he? And Miller, just to top his performance off, as cool as you like. Yeah, <laughs> we're brilliant. They were all good answers, other than Wilder, which missed, which wasn't. It still wasn't a terrible penalty. It was still in the corner, but just wasn't wasn't as good mm. as the rest. Barla to did this typical. I'm going to smash it as hard as I can. Worked yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so Angus scored. I think uh, the, the quote from Angus to Paul Davis after the game was after what I've been through, I thought, What's the worst could happen? Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Rolling to the point, I like it. Yeah, I think another excellent penalty. And like I said, Mikel Miller, um, with the uh, deciding one, Jamie. I think Victor deserves a start at Wembley. He has owned this tournament. We'll come on to that. I suppose we'll come on to that nearer the time, but I would hope that Victor, uh, Victor's gonna be there. Danny, you were the one of the, one of the three of us that were there last night. It was a stressful penalty shot. Maybe it was more stressful for you being there than was watching on telly. You have no idea how stressed I was when it was going to penalties. <clears throat> I, I actually felt physically sick. I have never felt physically sick at a football game, but I turned to mate and says, right, if we miss one of these penalties, I'm going over that railing and I'm being ill. That, okay. That's how bad it was. Um, but yeah, but with victory, we're so close to saving the first penalty as well. Yeah. And... They always say that the, the team that scores the first penalty is most likely to win the shootout. But if you've just snuck in your first penalty, that little edge of doubt of, oh, he's good there, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a comfortable penalty. We're a sneaking penalty. Um, and on the vlog as well, I correctly guessed Victor's save for their goal as well, by the way. I was like, come on, Victor, save it, which is exactly what I did for the Cambridge game, and he saved it. I guessed it right way as well. I was really impressed with myself. <laughs> um and then, yeah, the um, with with, with Wiles' penalty, there is an argument to say, yeah, it is a poor penalty, but Wiles' walk up to the penalty spot, he looks shattered. Yeah. He, he has run himself into ground again for this football club, and I think he, he didn't want penalties, but also he's started the game in a position that is very demanding if you're on your own just behind the striker, but then he's dropped into midfield as well, which is also... a very physically demanding position yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got the, to have the mentality to walk 50 yards and take a penalty and it's nothing about his sight wiles out or anything he's just hit it keep his guess right and it's like uh, oh well yeah but their player who's missed like you say it were a lot closer than people think i said on the vlog that he's done a kepper mainly because it went over the crossbar <laughs> but if that just sneaks in that top corner it's one of the best penalties during the whole yeah team, the whole yeah, team. yeah yeah yeah, and then Mikel Miller, the Miller for the Millers, just just coolly slots it in, sends us all to Wembley, sends me ballistics, someone nearly breaks my shoulder. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're all just sat in astonishment on the bus like, wow, it's actually happened. Um, the, the only feeling I can sort of describe it as is when we played Solial, um, and we've like fought back from a game where we weren't the best at all. It's a, sort, it's a similar feeling to that. But because it means so much more that now we're going to Wembley because we fought back and effectively won it right at the death through a penalty mm. shootout, 
I think I think that's why everyone, every, I think it was six hundred and fifty-seven of us who travelled, is probably made up in bed still. Like, wow, what's just happened? Because <laughs> everyone who's messaged me has gone, I'm absolutely shattered today. I can't. My, my legs hurt, my knees hurt, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> I don't want to go to work. This that, and other, and it's like, yeah, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're the moments football. That's what football is all about. Yeah, um, Jamie was sat three rows down from you, Danny, and yes, you were very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they were brilliant. Um, we're there, and I'd ask, there's not much else to say, really. If we'd have lost, we'd have been gutted, but we'd have got over it. But now we get to enjoy it. We need to get that some of our missiles at the start. We get to go down to down to Wembley. It's, it's a World Cup year, so we had to get to Wembley. It was, it's the rules, and we don't want to go into playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Living Road sums up pretty well. Well deserved, very entertaining game. Not our best, but got the results we needed. Yeah, for, for a neutral, it were a cracking game. Yes, because it was chaos. That's why it was just madness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I can't wait for Wembley. Honestly, I, I, it's just gonna be great. I'm taking my six year old to her first trip to Wembley. We get to have a trip to Wembley together. It's just gonna be amazing, isn't it? Even if we, yeah. even if you go our way, it's going to be amazing to go to Wembley. It's a good day out, isn't it? It's a good day out. Becoming a bit boring now, to be honest with you. Um, we need to go when there's something really important at stake, like a you know a place in um, in promised land. But um, nah, it's a great day, isn't it? It's a great day out. So um, much as I've criticised this competition, and I'll, I'll continue to do so because of because of the, the the issues that are with it. You know, it's nevertheless it, for me. Being the shallow git that I am, you know, it's a day out of Wembley and a chance to win a lot of money for our club. So, principles have gone now. Particularly, bear in mind, we've not got any Premier League dross left in it, have we? No. Um, because it's been proved throughout the course of this tournament and last the last time as well that they're not good enough. They might think they are, but they ain't good enough. So, um, you know. Good. Let's go be honest. Let's have, let's have a good day out. Let's enjoy. I'm sure we will. I think mm. the ironic thing is that they took out the regional um, fixtures, and we've still got a North v South final. <laughs> yeah, a competition yeah. that historically yeah. is a North v South competition. Yeah. So, yeah, so it just it just proves that all these all these uh, little tweaks that they make into it are pointless. Um, I have spoken to Ben actually, and obviously because he's down there, he's saying that everybody's welcome around. It is before a game as well. So uh, after party at Ben's. Yeah, a party at Ben's. And party then, uh, so, uh, just uh, if anybody wants to know, send me a message and I'll uh, I'll text your address. And, and a time to be there. Could you imagine that fourteen thousand people rock <laughs> yeah. up at Ben's house for an after party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there we are, Sunday the third of April uh, at Wembley Stadium. We've got kickoff time. I haven't seen the kickoff time yet. Uh, three o'clock according to live score. Oh, that could change. That's good. Uh, Don London, and this is with a lot of people that we know. It was first first time going for same for many junior millers. How amazing for young fans starting their their Rotherham United fan journey. Yeah, as I said, my six year old's going. This is her first season watching Rotherham United, and she gets to go to Wembley. I mean, that's just amazing for her and other people. It's just brilliant. Uh, is this your second visit to Wembley, Danny, or third? Um, it's my second watching Rotherham, third overall. Um, but we've got an entire generation now, Rotherham fans, who've never seen Rotherham in a cup final at Wembley. Mm. You know, you, mm. you've got the, the ones who can remember 96, and then it's sort of like the playoff generation, weirdly, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Um, 
but now we're in a cup competition again at Wembley and it's great. It just goes to show how far our club's come, not only under Tony Stewart's tenure, but also under Paul Warren's tenure. Mm. Because we've gone from being the team that's, you know, won, won the playoffs and then gone up automatically through COVID to now being in a, a standalone cup competition, but also having the potential of doing the double. Which, if you, if, if you were to say to me, like, five, five to seven years ago, or rather United could be on the cards doing a league double in League One, I'd be like... Um, but for me personally, it's it's like a it's like a tick on my bucket list. Go and watch England and Rotherham at Wembley in the same season. I never yeah. thought, I, I never ever thought that would be possible because it's like, oh well, England always play at Wembley, so I could mm. try and do it in future. But for Rotherham to be in a cup final at Wembley, it's very it's happened very rarely. Uh, it's, I think it's only happened twice before because it was the League Cup final. Um, I oh, know it wasn't no because we played at Villa Park and Millmore, didn't yeah, we? That that wasn't Wembley, Wembley, yeah. yeah, no, that wasn't at Wembley. So it's only happened once before. And the rest of the time it's it's playoffs. So to have England and Rotherham at Wembley in the same season, I am absolutely buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah. It's gonna be well, few few stats, few records. Paul Warren will be assuming he's still in a job by the third of April, which I think he will be. Uh, he will be the first Rotherham manager to take Rotherham to Wembley twice. Uh, no, it's all, always been a change, different manager every single time. Obviously, 2018, now 2022. Uh, Richard Wood again will be the first captain, assuming he plays, to captain Rotherham twice at Wembley. Um, there's rules to going to Wembley as well. If you're if you if Rotherham United go to Wembley, that means we're going to score two goals, and that means somebody is going to score twice. Um, yeah, it's just you know, Nigel Jemson, Ryan Taylor, Alex Ravel, and Richard Wood. The only defender on the list. Richard Wood might get another two. Um, yeah, it's Sherry Agony. Let's be fair. Mick, be a bit I more excited. Michael yeah. Smith is to it this time round. I think. Only thing he's missing from his Rotherham journey at the minute is is, is Wembley goal. Michael Smith. Yeah, he'll get him this time. He'll get him this time. I'm sure. Hmm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Can't you tell? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. From what I can tell, it will be our first ever uh, game against Sutton because I, I think they've only come for football last season. The referee has been announced already. Uh, Sebastian Stock- Stocksbridge, nothing significant on that one. Um, yeah. We're going to remember the boys and girls. Love it. Scott Grundy says he remembers 96. Yeah. A lot of people do. Mick does. For what, for what his memory is worth, he does. And as as we spoke, we spoke to Neil Richardson, Trevor Berry, and Roscoe last summer. I I might, we might even try and get them on again in the lead up to the game, just to sort of get their thoughts back. That's twenty six years ago now. Um, (laughs) And when we spoke to them, they they talked about it as if it were yesterday. The the, the passion and the pride they spoke about playing for Royal United at Wembley. It's just what these these players are going to have the same sort of thing. The ones that are lucky enough to get picked are going to have the same thing. Uh, even if they lose, I think they'll win, but it'll be brilliant. A couple of weeks to look forward to it, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else from the night from the game before we have a quick look ahead to Wickham? Um, one thing I'll say is that Hartlepool's atmosphere was electric. Mm. Like this, this was one of their biggest games in their history, and I think it's their highest attendance in 18 years. Wow. Or something like that. Um, so we apologise for spoiling your party, but it's now our party at Wembley. So, ah. um, but when they were one nil up, the stand that was directly on um, our right hand side from the away stand 
I swear it was moving at one point because the fans were bouncing <laughs> up and down and you were just like, wow, that is an atmosphere right there. Um, so, yeah, Hartlepool, well done. You've got a better atmosphere than Hillsborough had for the whole of this season. So, <laughs> well done. Uh, a better pitch. Yeah. Better pitch. Better country fans. mile, a better pitch. Yeah, yeah better yeah. pitch, better fans. And they beat Wednesday in the competition as well. Hey, that trick. Proper club, Hartlepool. Proper club, Hartlepool. Yeah. Uh, they're giving us 14,500 initial tickets for Wembley. The price is pretty reasonable. I think about half the price what the playoffs normally were, or what they were last time anyway. Um, so get down there, boys. I don't know if you've, if you've been before. Just go again. You, you might. The, the thing is, Wembley visits. We might not visit Wembley for another 25 years. That, that's that's how football works. You look at Hartlepool, we've never been there before. This could be our last time in such a long time. So if you can get down to Wembley, get down to Wembley and support them and try and enjoy it. And Yeah. I don't know. What but it won't be, will it? We'll be there again in four years. Yeah, that's true. Twenty-six. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Uh, and what well, we've also got two weeks to look forward to. All Wednesday fans telling us how few people we're taking yeah. to Wembley as well, which is going to be great fun. I'm looking forward to that. All of, sort of um, Wednesday willy wave, willy wavers. Yeah. Yeah. Telling us that. All I'll say is to that is that we've been to a cup final in the 21st century. They haven't. Uh, we've probably been to Wembley more times than them. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, but but we didn't take as many fans. So it doesn't count. We lost. <laughs> Automatic defeat, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, think, I think Rotherham are the first South Yorkshire side to appear at Old and New Wembley in the same cup competition. You love a little stuff like that, Danny, don't you? Yeah, I love it. Which basically means we are the best club in South Yorkshire now, technically. Yeah, yeah. You you could probably extend that to Yorkshire, Danny. Yeah. (laughs) Because Leeds have only been to a playoff final, and Oldersfield have only been to a playoff final. So, yeah, probably probably extend it to them. So, yeah, Mm. best team in Yorkshire, best team in North England, sorry. Not the biggest, but the best. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, right, so let's have a big, big bring that back down to earth because now we've got to put up with playing the Wickham on Saturday. Oh, God. As much as Saturday was an enjoyable, chaotic game, you were lucky to get 36 minutes of football on Saturday. So, yay! <laughs> Curiously, this podcast has gone on 25 minutes longer than the actual ball is going to be in play on Saturday. <laughs> so, I don't know how we are going to be able to get a review podcast out. That's going to last an hour based on 20 minutes with the football. <laughs> we did it last time. I suppose we did, didn't we? Yeah. Most of it were me moaning, though, weren't it? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I could do is I could buy a cheese board and we could do a cheese review afterwards. Yeah, yeah. More interesting to talk about cheese than that football game against Wickham, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Gone from ecstasy to frustration in the matter of a week. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's go through some stats of the Wiccan game. The last time we played them at their place was the first day of last season, which was the 1 0 win. First game, first league game in lockdown. Um, the last two times we have won at Wickham have both been 1 0. That was last season in like 99 or 2000, some, sometime around then. Um, Wickham have, surprisingly, and I was really surprised at this, the joint worst defensive record in the top 10. Now, in my head, I used to assume they were quite good defensively because they just don't let the ball be in play. So I, I assume it would make you good at being defensive. Um, apparently not. Also, I suppose make, we watched a lot of that five-five game against Cheltenham, and if that mm. Cheltenham, if that Wickham turns up, sorry, 
it's going to be a great game. I don't think they yeah, will yeah. turn up, but mm. yeah, we'll see, won't we? I, I'm holding no um, no hope out for any any quality. To be honest with you, um, I, I hope that we've turned a corner in terms of our sort of form, and we can pick our game up. And if we can, while ever we've got the while ever we can keep the ball on the pitch, then we'll, we'll be able to take the game to Wickham and hopefully put them under some pressure. Um, but and I know it's getting kind of a bit like a broken record, isn't it? You know, every time we play a Wickham, bang on about how garbage they are and now, you know, anti-football and all this nonsense. Listen, I know that I know that it, I know the counter argument, and I've heard the counter argument a million times about, you know, well, it's it's effective and everything else. Well, it is, but you know, from a from a football supporter's point of view, it's it's probably the game that I least look forward to, um, and I've done for the last three or four seasons that we've played them. I just, it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, I just hope we can get down there and, and get, get a win. It would be great to get down there, come away with three points, another icky goal on 86 minutes uh, uh, to, to, to seal it up. We'll do me fine. I'll be happy with that. Let's, you know, stripey jumper mask back up M1 and let's go. Uh, uh, we can move on then, can't we, and get, get this out of the way because I've been dreading this for, for weeks, this game. Yeah, it's going to be four apiece and scintillating <laughs> end-to-end football, isn't it? You know, for for ninety-five minutes. But if you believe that, you believe out. Mm. Yeah, the key thing with a game like this, Danny, is get an early goal for us and for, and for Wickham. To be fair, for both teams, if they get an early goal, they'll shut up shop. If we get an early goal, it's going to force them out a little bit. So if there is an early goal, the game's going to change either way. Mm. Yeah, I think. Our main tactic should be to stand up to Wickham and stop them getting the early goal because mm. when they played us, I uh, can't remember what season it was, but they got an early goal and then just sat on yeah. it for the whole game. Uh, we can't let them do that because Wickham are the hold-up merchants in terms of time. Um, so if they get an early goal and they'll just sit on it and then it's like trying to punch your way through a brick wall, it just yeah. won't happen. Um, but if we stand up to them, do our usual thing of not conceding in the first half away from home, um, it could play play into our favour a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping we don't score in the 86th minute because I measured my blood pressure after last night and it's dangerous. <laughs> um, so a goal around 60 minutes would do me nicely. Um, we're just looking at the numbers. Wickham are the 10th best home side this season. They've won 30 mm. po- 34 points, scored 33, uh, conceded 26, won 10, drawn 4, lost 4. And in terms of points one, we are the second best away side. And I'll keep coming back to this. We've only conceded five goals in the league away from home all season. So we are technically on paper the best away side in football league history. Um, <laughs> I've said that, we'll concede three now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we've won more points away than Wickham have won at home this season. Mm. Um, and I think Wickham have experienced a little bit of a drop-off. They were up and around the automatics for a long time. They've dropped off, but then they've just sort of had a little revival again. Mm. They've started picking up more wins now. Uh, They are currently above Chef Wednesday on goal difference and a point behind Plymouth, but they've played the same number of games as us as well. Um, But yeah, I think this game, I'd be happy if we drew, to be honest. But it's also one of them like Guffert win. You know, we're riding a wave of reaching Wembley. Let's go for it. Yeah. And it's one of those weekends. Wigan play MK Dons. So if we can pick up a win, 
at least one of those was not picking up three points. We might draw, mm. which would be brilliant. Um, it's an opportunity. It's just a shame we're playing these. Uh, Stephen Adams questions. Lewis Winter score. Uh, he scored twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's at Wickham now, isn't he? That's a change yeah. of scenery. Uh, oh, it suits him. Ball, ball's not in play long enough for him to run about, is it? So it suits him down to the ground. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he scored twice against Crew. No, we know Crew are, are, are in bother, but he's still two goals. Get his confidence up. They haven't played midweek, so they get a rest. We've played on a Wednesday night because Sky made us. Um, <laughs> not ideal preparation. Well, uh, Steve Grundy mentions we need an early goal, so they have to come out. Yeah, ideally, that for me, they, they will probably take a point. I would have thought. Uh, yeah, they don't, do they need to win? Really? Do they really? I think they probably need to. With, with the games running out, nine games after nine games left after this this one, I think, or is it eight for them? I don't, I'm not sure. Eight after this one for them. Yeah, so they, they 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 really need to try and get some points on board to cement their place in playoffs. Um, so. No, nine. Yeah, I'm not convinced either way. Whatever it is, I'm not convinced that a draw is really much cop for him. To be honest with you, because it's very mm. close down there, isn't it? So, you know, they're, they're going to yeah. win. You look at the table as Danish mentioned. There are point, point, level on points with Pigs and one point behind Plymouth. Both Wednesday and Plymouth have games in hand, one game in hand each. Mm. So mm. they need yeah. it. Mm. Which might, which might, like you said. Might keep the ball in play for forty minutes rather than thirty-five, but um, if they manage to score it, I mean, can you just imagine what it's yeah. going to be like if they score in first five minutes? Oh, it's just going to be horrific. It's just make, going to be absolutely. Make down, don't don't put that thought in your heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, bit of uh, ref news. Lee Swaby, I think is how you pronounce it, is the referee. He last ref us away at Gillingham in 2019 with the with the crooks from miles out goal. Um, he has ref Wickham this season at Wickham, and they lost four one to Ipswich Town. So hopefully we can have the same sort of thing. As Danny mentioned, he, he awarded us a penalty at Gillingham, didn't he? He awarded Smith a penalty and he missed it. Yes, he did. That's right. Yeah, hmm. you're right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Sharp has uh, attacked my memory. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember that as well. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> as Danny mentions, their home form's average, which is a, in sharp contrast. When they went up last time, I, I think they were unbeaten. If they didn't, if they weren't unbeaten, they lost one or so game in that in that shortened season. Their home form was incredible. It's dropped off massively uh, this season. So we've got to try and take advantage of that. Uh, hopefully, um, let's talk about lineups. It's going to be. A, oh, who knows who's going to play in all positions? There's a couple of people we know are going to play. Vickers is going to play. Marlas mm-hmm. is probably going to play. Michael Smith's going to play. Chio's probably going to play. After that, it's a little bit unknown. You'd expect Woody, but you don't know because he's played midweek. Uh, Danny, give us a other than those four. What, what, where's your lineup looking? Um. I think Woody's going to play because he only played forty-five minutes uh, on a on a midweek. So it's like, yes, Woody can probably play. Um, maybe Icky because again, only forty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, could potentially bring Harden in. I don't know what the situation is with him. It was in Paul ah, Yeah, right. So Harden will come in probably on the right hand side. Uh, like I say, yeah, Chio because. Even though he didn't play for long, he had a massive impact on the game. Uh, we'll probably start with 
Ferguson and maybe bring Miller on later on in the game just yeah. to hit him with that bit of pace because, like we say, playing Chio and Miller in the same half of football should be dubbed as illegal. Um, then probably Rath- Rathburn. I'd personally swap Wiles. Mm, no, Wiles probably have to play once because Lindsay's yeah. out with his shoulder. Yeah, so Wiles and Rathburn midfield. Um, Smith because, well, we have to. Um, <laughs> and this is where it gets a little bit sticky because Coyote's meant to be fit for the Wickham game, but would you play him from the start just in case he's not 100%? You know, would you play with someone slightly off him? You know, maybe uh, start Miller in that little channel behind Smith to start with and swap him out and bring Coyote in later on, potentially. Um I'm going to go with KO to start, but I don't think he'll see out the game personally. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to go for Wilesy to start, but ahead as, as the second striker, mm. almost like like he started with on Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry. Um, and then I think probably a Dauphin. You have to, there's not many midfielders left. You'd have to put a Dauphin in really in that midfield. Other than that, I agree. Well, you picked Woody and Icky. You, you said Harden, didn't you? Yeah, Harden, yeah. Harden on the right, Icky on the left. Because I think. Uh, Icky is slightly better on the left than he is on the right, personally. No I mean, maybe, but... It was, it, he had his moments on Tuesday, on Wednesday, didn't he? Yeah, but then again, you can rectify that by saying, you know, in the training, the short training time we've got between mm. uh, Wednesday and now going down to Wickham, we could say, stop doing silly things. Yeah. <laughs> stop that doing... backpass Yeah, crazy. yeah. Mind you, though, one of his shots at goal, it, well, I say it were a shot, it was more of a punt into the box and see what happens. It only just dropped behind the crossbar. Mm, true. Only just. But, yeah, Reg Red, is definitely a backup option, I think. Even Angus is as well. If Icky's struggling on left-hand side, bring Angus into it. And it's mm. it's a very stark parallel to only a few months ago when we were saying, oh, we've got a defender crisis, you know, why do we let Tilt go with that and other? Now we've more or less got the full contingent of the back players back um, and now it's the strikers that are a bit iffy but Kale should be okay Kelly's back in about three or four weeks I think I think Freddie might just That's miss Wembley which is a shame uh, but Freddie's there for the big run in at the end of April which could decide first or second I think so Freddie could be back at a very crucial time but he's just not back at the minute when we need him to score goals but anyway yeah. as long as we score more than the opposition that's the important thing Correct. Yeah, I expect Georgia Kelly to be back probably for the cup. Uh, cup, mm. the cup final. Um, Mick, any advances on those 11s? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I thought you thought my internet had frozen. Yeah, I'd be having Vickers in goal. I think the back three that started last night will be, would start for me. Uh, I'd start Miller on the left. I'd start Arden on the right. The, the, the proper midfield, the midfield, the best midfield in division in middle, with the three of them. And I'd, I'd play Chio uh, probably just in behind Smithy. Mm. Um, I, I, JJ's just had some fluid drain from his knee. Um, we're on, where are we on Thursday now? I don't know when that happened. I think it was Monday, weren't it? Monday or Tuesday this week that he's had, the, had yeah. that done. Whether he's going to be fit enough to start is it's, it's up for debate, I would argue. We know that Chio is. Um, uh, let's go for it. We need to go for it. So that that would be where I would go. I mean, for me, you know, that back three of, of Reg, Woody and, and, uh, and McDonald is a dream back three. 
Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean it is absolutely a mix of absolutely everything you need. Um, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of in terms of pace, in terms of just ability, just downright ability in that defence, you know, and, and ability to read games. So yeah, that that'd be me. Definitely. Definitely. Keep it strong. Let's go for it. We need to get in Wickham's face, don't we? To try. We need to, we need to upset mm. Gareth. <laughs> Poor Gareth. What are we doing, it might make him wash his hair. <laughs> I do. I mean, I won't bet on that. <laughs> but for the longest time with Gareth so... Ainsworth, <clears throat> I always described him as he looks like he should be in a rock band. And when I found out he was in a rock band, it's like, ow. I was just like, wow. Just yeah. hand on the table. Ow. That's another injury. I'm injured. It looks like a man who keeps telling his, his girlfriend that he still believes his band's going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> it just does. It's just a leather jacket and them shoes and the hair and whatever. He is a very good football manager, though. To give him his due, he is a very good football manager. He, he knows his tactic and he sticks to it and he does it very effectively. I think One he's pragmatic. Pony, mate. I, I, mm. I, I, I don't think he is. I think he's pragmatic. If they if they had a budget, they could do something different. With the budget that Wickham yeah, have, they don't really have an option. To bring Lewis Wing in for them is a brilliant signing because that's a step up in class to what they have. It must be. He's Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. They're owned yeah. by a, a, a rich American owner who British. wants to do this, he wants to do that, he wants to do the other. They, are you telling me that their budget is, is, is lower than ours? Are you telling me that their wage budget more. is lower than... Well, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, there is no excuse then, is there? Okay. The, there is no excuse. You know, it, it is, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm not buying it. I want to sit here and be balanced and nice and, you know, and, and say, you know, no, I do, I do, I, I desperately do, but I can't, I just can't do it. <laughs> the, the evidence of the last two or three years of doing this, do not yeah. back your statement up. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, what, what's going off up here is be balanced, be nice, don't don't be nasty to people, but then then people make it so easy, don't they? It's like, I look forward to next season if, when we get promoted and Everton and Leeds get relegated and you start oh, racking nice. two of them fan bases. Ah, it's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to be absolutely great. Yeah. Opposition fans <laughs> don't <laughs> feel rattled too much by this season. Do we? Oh, I know, but we're, we're League One, aren't we? And, and people down, people, the supporters in this division are realistic, they're pragmatic, they, they're not, they don't have delusions of grandeur with the exception of the odd one or two fan bases who seem to buy it every time somebody says something don't they so at least three you know what I mean do. well yeah exactly Sunderland Wednesday maybe Portsmouth occasionally Portsmouth yeah yeah but, but you've, hit, yeah. you've hit the nail on the head there haven't you all those clubs are massive they're all huge so but clubs like us you know we just get on with it. we'll laugh at each other we'll laugh with each other we just have a we have a we we know we're a crack, don't we? You know, and you know they can't take it some of these big boys, so it's going to be good fun. Never forget, Athletic Wednesday fans, just by pointing out our recent form compared to theirs, it's yeah. like lads, it wasn't a dig, but you've took it as one. What's up with you? <laughs> more points, yes, but you've lost a game and we haven't. Yeah, but they've got more fans, mate. They've got more fans, so that's that. <laughs> I don't know why you're arguing. Yeah, is that why they're eighth in table, mate? Don't matter. Don't matter. That'll count. That's not really. That's not important. More fans, bigger ground, no grass. They can't fill. Uh, what are your predictions? Hang on, I've uh, the Hang on. Well, is Donna still doing the sign uh, for the winner if we get it bang on? 
Uh, she did on the last one. She let she let the last one, so she'll give us a street sign. I've lost my predictions from last time. Hang on. I said one one, so I definitely got it wrong. Did you two get it right? No, I said it was going to be four one. <laughs> I don't think any of us predicted we'd lose two one, did we? Are we talking about McJohns or are we talking about Hartlepool? Oh god, I said two two. Yeah, definitely. No, you said you said you were gone. You were you oh, didn't right. do predictions. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I did say two two before I went. Yeah, no, you didn't. Uh, yeah, Danny went 4 1. I went 1 1. I said 1 1 on penalty, so I went nearly there. Uh, Will said 2 1, and Dilla went 3 0. I, I'd have gone for 3 0, if I'm honest. Right, Wickham. So, yeah, Danny, what do we reckon? Um, 1 0 to us. Um, I will say. No, do I be bold or do I go um do I go standard? Um yes, I'll do I'll go bar last the sixty-eighth minute. We don't have to give minutes and scores anymore. Oh no, I want my street sign. I'm saying bar last the sixty-eighth minute. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh I'm gonna go two nil. I'll go gonna go Smith. So I'll go fifty second. Mick. I think it's going to be tight. I've I've gone big every time recently, and 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 been blown out every time. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try and trick the the gods of um, of fate and tell them that I think it's going to be tight one nil. Um, towards it towards yeah, obviously because uh, yeah, um, I don't know idea who's going to score Barlasser. Um, late in game. Late. That's it. Yeah. Oh, do we need a, do you need a minute? Eighty fourth minute. Right. Thank you. Whatever. You you strike me as it's an interesting comment you said of the footballing gods. You're the least superstitious man I've ever met. Oh uh, yeah. I just couldn't think of what else to say. I'm beginning to lose the will to live now. <laughs> well, I'll get rid of them, we'll it's say. because we keep talking about Wickham, and every time we talk about Wickham, I start to feel myself falling asleep. Fair enough. Um, Steve Grundy says 2 1. Same as Hava Steve Cooper says 2 0. Cheryl Stone says 2 1. 1 0 from Cal Briggs. And S64 Miller says 2 1 as well. Um, yes, thank you all very much. Danny, do you want to give a shout out for your work for the red gloves for the Robin Hospice? Yes. Um, I've partnered with uh, John Breckin and the club um, in doing the raise your hands for the hospice thing. Um, basically, there's going to be red gloves for sale on the away coaches and at the Lincoln game and on the day of the Shrewsbury game. Uh, we're hoping to sell, I think, 6,000 red gloves for everyone to wear in the Shrewsbury game. Then we'll do the whole thing of everyone's got red gloves on. We, uh, and we've raised a lot of money for the hospice so far. Um, I myself raised 66 quid on the bus down uh, up to Hartlepool. So thank you to everybody who's uh, donated so far. And uh, for the people who are still waiting for their bulk order, I will get it to you the next time I get a restock because they have all gone now. <laughs> um, but yeah, but if you even if you don't want a pair of red gloves, any donation to the hospice is welcome. Um, and yeah, it was on our sleeves for the Hartlepool game as well. So thank mm. you to the uh, the sponsor who's come in and just done that for us. Not their own branding, they've just gone, put the hospice on it. So thank you very much to them for doing that. And yeah, get your red gloves from anybody who's selling them because... Raise your hand for the hospice. It's a great cause. I love the name, by the way. Cracking name. 
And uh, it also gives me the opportunity to go for a pint with John Breckin. So I'm happy as Larry, mate. Lucky boy. Get in his ear about coming up podcast. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Um, and keep an eye out on our social because towards the end of the month, we, we are talking about, we've, we've, as people will know, we've, we're trying to raise money for the Ukraine Red Cross. Uh, towards the end of the month, we're looking at doing a 12-hour podcast, a full day's podcast. Ish. 12-hour-ish. No, it'd be 12 hours. Um, and we're currently working on getting some players to come come on with us. We've got some soft yeses from some former players, some legends of, of the club. Uh, and working on getting a few more of those. Keep an eye out for that. That'll depend on one thing or another, but that'll be towards the end of the month. So keep an eye on our socials. Um, if you have enjoyed this gear, enjoyed this thing, what is it? Podcast? Podcast, there you go. Uh, <laughs> please do subscribe on YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up on the video if you haven't already. If you are doing the audio, please subscribe on iTunes. We are regularly getting to the top 150 of all of sports podcasts in the UK on a regular basis now. So loads, you're clearly listening. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, make sure you subscribe and give the five-star rating if you can on iTunes. And if it allows you on Spotify, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Try if you can. We will be back on Sunday evening, which will be a look back at Wickham game for the X amount of time the ball's in play. Look ahead to another Tuesday night game, <laughs> which is Lincoln City at home. Uh, if you haven't already, which I haven't yet, go and watch Danny's match day vlog from the Hartlepool game. I'll be watching that as soon as we've finished here because um, I want to relive that night. Go to Wembley. We're going to Wembley, everybody. And give yeah. a, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we'll be able to do some special episodes for Wembley or not. It's a conversation we need to have between ourselves. See what, we want, see what more we can do for Wembley, but keep an eye out for all sort of nonsense. Um, Mick, it was a pleasure to spend last night watching the game with you, and I'll do it again on, on Saturday probably. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. And Tuesday. And, and so on, and on it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, thank Mashed you. Up, mixed up with circle of friends. Uh, Danny, it's a pleasure to have you with us. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Always fun to waffle about football for an hour and 14 minutes. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> we waffled away. We're going to Wembley, everybody. We're going to Wembley. Right. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Ravel, ambitious.